Welcome to the Arden Yoga and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kira Whitaker. Each week, we'll have thoughtful conversations about movement, mindset, nourishment, and even some lifestyle. So let's dive into this week's episode. All right, you guys, something very exciting. As many of you know, we spent most of 2023 building and enhancing our membership. It was a new offering that we created to support you in all of your health and wellness needs. And it's finished. We have it completely built out. We have countless courses in there. We have the entire therapeutic yoga library in there. So hours and hours and hours of on-demand therapeutic yoga videos for you. We have my signature health coaching course, Arden Activate in there, as well as a workbook that goes along with it. We also have health and wellness master classes that cover specific areas of health and wellness that are exclusive to member. So you can't get them anywhere outside of the membership. So here's what we've decided to do to better support you, make this membership as accessible as possible. The new price of the membership starting December 1st is $39.99 a month. You heard that right. So for less than $40, you get unlimited access to all of our courses inside of the membership. So go ahead Go to the show notes, click on the membership, join us today, and drastically change your health and wellness. Bye. Welcome back to the Arden Yoga and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kira Whitaker. If you have not heard or even can't hear it in my voice, I've had a nasty head cold all week. I'm on the mend, but I'm still pretty congested. My ears are clogged, so... If I sound a bit raspy, if my energy is a little low, it is not because I'm not thrilled to be here today um, talking about what we're going to talk about. It's just I'm on the back end of feeling like absolute junk all week long. So there it is. So in today's episode, I wanted to piggyback and elaborate on last week's episode a bit. Um, So in the last episode, what I talked about was my, from my perspective, my personal and professional opinion, my top three wellness and health red flags. And I was specifically talking about the red flags, in my opinion, when you're looking for or working with a health and wellness professional or looking for external support in that realm or in that category. And one thing that I mentioned in one of my top threes was I talked a little bit about the coaching industry. I specifically said health coaches. I'm not speaking to like business coaches and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about health and wellness. Um, But I was speaking about my level of concern of people who are coaching people in their health and wellness, but maybe haven't had a certain amount of training and don't understand human behavior, specifically behavior change. And so I mentioned that. And then I thought after that episode came out, I thought, well, what if people don't even know what I'm talking about? And I understand that a lot of people don't. Honestly, I did not know anything about this until 
I went through a more clinical health coaching program with Vanderbilt Medical University in Nashville. And this was one of the first things that we went through before we could ever even really dive into the coaching aspect and working with clients in practicum. And so I wanted to just kind of break it down today. One reason I thought this could be one of the many reasons I thought this could be helpful is even if you're not a coach, even if you're like, I have, I have no plans in working in this space. I found it really, really helpful just to understand where other people are at. Because a lot of times we will, one, absorb other people's wants, will absorb other people's excitement and enthusiasm around their own goals or their own momentum or their own milestones in their life. And this in this part doesn't even have to be applicable to only health and wellness. And also sometimes when we are accomplishing new things or we're just on fire for something we're excited about or we've reached a certain stage and change from a behavioral standpoint, we expect other people to arrive in that same destination or be in that same place right alongside us. And when I learned this and when I spent a lot of time in this in school, it helped me not only from a clinical standpoint to be able to do this professionally and support my clients well, but it also helped me in my own relationships kind of go, Kira, just because you're here and they're not, it doesn't mean that anybody's right or wrong. It's there's there's a, a model that shows us the different stages of change for people and it's real and it's different and unique to everyone. And so I'm going to very briefly go over this with you guys. I'm going to give little examples as always in the podcast, anytime I'm referencing something a little bit more clinical or referencing something that has a lot of data and studies behind it, I try not to go really, really deep and wide in it because my mission with this podcast is to make things easily digestible. I love the long form podcasts out there. I love the research and deep dives that are being done into every single nook and cranny in the health and wellness space. That's just not necessarily my goal here. My goal is to keep it pretty short and sweet for me to do the majority of the deep dives deep dives for you so that you can get some pretty sound information. It can be inviting and it doesn't feel too daunting. And so I'm going to very briefly go over this with you guys today. And then you can absolutely reach out if you want to talk about it more. So I was, my plan this morning was to get out all of my old Vanderbilt notebooks. I have a huge binder, all of my printouts and go back through this. That way I could articulate it and, and deliver it well. The problem with me is a few years ago when I was studying for boards, when I was preparing to sit for the National Examination Board for Health and Wellness Coaches, I tore all of my material apart because I had it scattered everywhere. I'm a visual learner. And so I have to have things spread out where I can see everything. I can't listen to things to learn it. I have to see it. And so my stuff is all over the place. So I went ahead and just brought it up on my phone. So I am going to reference quite a bit of this on my phone just to make sure I keep everything in order and I explain it well. I don't trust myself to off the cuff get all of this 
right and in order and do it, do it justice. So what I'm going to reference today is it's called the trans theoretical model. And this is what I learned in school. And basically what this is, is it's the the stages of change. It's the different stages that people will find themselves in when they are going through change. Okay. And the surprising part about this for me was this, this, these stages really start way before somebody might actually take action. We think of change a lot of time as an actionable thing, a thing that has movement, a thing that has a shift to it. But for most people, change starts way before you actually see anything happen. It, It has a lot of different steps that lead up to what you see when people actually start working out, when people actually start therapy, when people actually stop vaping, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing. Okay. And so what the theoretical model, the stages of change basically says is that there's all different stages of change for people. And when we try to push somebody through one of those stages or skip over one of those stages before they're ready or before it's intrinsically a motivation of theirs. And I've gone through different the different types of motivation and different podcasts, but to break it down really briefly, Intrinsic motivation is I play the piano because I love it and it brings me joy. Extrinsic motivation is I learned to play the piano because I knew it would disappoint my parents if I didn't learn it because they paid so much money for those lessons. So one is because it's authentic and it's meaningful for you. The other is because there's an external pressure expectation for you to do it, okay? And so this model and these stages of change really, really help us decipher and also help clients decipher where is this motivation and readiness coming from? So the first stage that there is in the list is it's the pre-contemplation phase. And in this stage, people don't intend to take action for the foreseeable future. Okay. And this might mean that people are unaware of the problematic nature of their behavior or habit. This also might mean that they are really, really leaning into or acknowledging or seeing more of the cons of change. So for example, if I were to see somebody in their intake form and it says that they're a smoker, well, they might go, I'm not, I'm not, I I don't want to talk about that because I don't want to quit smoking. It helps me de-stress. I know that I would gain weight. I know that it would be harder for me to wind down after work. And so that person is immediately saying, I'm not interested in this. You see it as a problem. I don't. And then going over all of the negative effects that quitting this unhealthy behavior might have on their life. Okay. So that's the pre-contemplation phase that basically saying they are not even contemplating. We're not, we're not even playing around with the idea of changing yet. Okay. And then next we have the contemplation phase. And so in this stage, people are intending to start a healthy behavior in the foreseeable future, maybe like next six months. Um, They recognize that their behavior may be problematic and a more thoughtful or practical consideration of the pros and cons of changing the behavior takes place. And so what this is saying is they are 
recognizing that it's a problem. I'm going to stick with the smoking reference just so that I'm not hopping around too much. So I know that it's going to take years off of my life. I know that my my spouse hates when I come in the house and I smell like cigarette smoke. And I know I need to quit. I know I do. I know that this is something that I need to stop doing. But they might still be a little bit ambivalent about it. And what that means is like a little bit wishy-washy, like, man, I could I could take it or leave it. I might quit. I might not. I don't know. So the recognition and the understanding that this is a problem, they've started to drop the cons of dropping the bad behavior, like in the pre-contemplation phase. And so in the next one, we have preparation, determination. And in this stage, people are ready to take action, okay? They are ready most of the time within like, we'll say 30 days versus six months like we talked about before. So people start to take small steps towards behavior change and they believe changing their behavior can lead to a healthier life. And so this is where people might start taking those small steps. Those small steps might be looking a health coach that could help them quit smoking. This could be reaching out to their doctor and saying, hey, can I get on your books in the next month? I'd really like to talk about, you know, a pharmaceutical intervention that could help me shift my cravings. This could be, you know, just really starting to take a small step in the direction of making that change. It's not drastic. It's not abrupt. It's just starting to move in the direction, okay? And then we have action, okay? And this is really important, but all of the steps before you guys is what a lot of people don't acknowledge and they they sometimes will try to take action when they're in the contemplation phase, okay? That's why these stages are really important to understand, especially if you are a coach. If you're a health coach and you don't understand the stages of change, you might manhandle your coaching client to quit smoking. And if they're in the pre-contemplation phase, they're not going to because it's not important to them yet. I don't want to say it's not important. It's not something that they're ready to do. Okay. So now we're in the action phase. And in this stage, people have recently changed their behavior defined as like within the last six months. And they intend to keep moving forward with that behavior. People may exhibit this by modifying their problematic behavior and acquiring new healthy habits. And so to continue on with our smoking example, this person in this action phase might be working with a health coach. They might now be not smoking and using Nicorette gum and implemented stress management skills to help replace the habit of smoking in stressful situations and that wind down time after work and doing breath work or taking a walk outside with their spouse. And so this is the action phase. We've taken action. We are starting to actively work towards replacing those unhealthy habits or those habits that don't don't support our health and wellness and we're consistently doing it okay and then we have the maintenance phase okay and this is the stage people have where people have sustained the behavior um, for a while we usually say about six months 
or so, okay? Um, They intend to maintain the behavior. People in this stage work to prevent a relapse or revert back to earlier stages. And so when I work with clients, this is where we are just trying to maintain, okay? So we're not consistently adding new actions, new actions. This is where we're going, okay, so you haven't smoked in five, six months, what can we do to anticipate barriers? So what happens if you run out of Nicorette gum and you've had a really stressful day of work? What are some things that you could do to support yourself and also reach out for external support to make sure that we don't revert back to that unhealthy habit that you were doing six months ago? So this is where we're really working to maintain the traction and the new habits and those action items that you've been doing and and been somewhat successful with, okay? And so this is something also that I always stay with people if they want to for a bit after they're in a pretty good groove in their health and wellness because that maintenance phase can be a slippery slope. Just because I'm doing the new action and doing the new habit, it doesn't mean that it's fluid and habitual yet. It doesn't mean that it's just hardwired into my routine and into my mindset. And so I I really like to dive into the maintenance phase with people because what I see is once we're into the maintenance phase for about a month, that's when people can get lackadaisical. It's also when people can get bored. And so I, I've noticed that that's when I really need to lean in a little bit more from a supportive place and make sure that they have all the tools that they need to make sure to, to navigate that stage that they're in. Okay. And that's the five stages of change. And so... I'm going to recap very briefly. We've got the pre-contemplated phase, and this is where you're smoking and you don't want to quit and you don't want people to try to make you quit. And you are coming up with excuses and finding all of the reasons why it would be a bad idea for you to quit. The next phase is the contemplation phase, and this is where you're thinking about it. You know that it's it's something that you probably are not going to do forever. You don't want to do forever, but you're not quite ready to step into change just yet. And then we have the preparation phase, and this is where you're maybe starting to take a few small steps. You've reached out to a health coach about learning new healthy habits to decrease your smoking. Maybe you've reached out to the doctor and you've said, I'd like to talk about maybe some pharmaceutical intervention to help me with my cravings. So that's that's going to be that third phase. The fourth phase is going to be the action phase. And this is where you're actively changing some of your habits. You're taking action. Then we have the maintenance phase. And this is where you've been the action phase You've been doing those actions pretty consistently and independently. I don't want to say independently. You can still be working with a coach, but pretty pretty fluidly, I'll say, for about six months, okay? Now, again, I mentioned in the beginning of this that this, this whole episode is me really just piggybacking off of last week's episode because I talked about, in my opinion, the necessity for anybody who is working with you in your health and wellness and helping you change your behaviors if they don't have an understanding of behavior change, if it has not been studied, if they haven't been guided and trained in it, then I really just don't know how they can 
they can support you well and also just safely because they're going to be talking to you about your habits and your mindset. And so I wanted to make sure I broke this down. Again, even if you're not a health and wellness coach or you're not working with people in this realm, it's something that really helped me understand my own habits and also make it helped me not absorb other people's stages of change and put an expectation on myself that I should be somewhere I'm not. And it also really helped me not shove what's working for me down like my spouse's throat, you know, and expect him to be exactly where I am. And so I think it's just good to know don't have to be an expert in it, but just something to have on your radar and have a little bit of a bird's eye view about. So I will wrap up. I hope that this was informative. I hope it was also short and sweet enough to where it didn't feel daunting and it didn't feel too heavy. And I think that's all I got for today. I am taking on a few new health coaching clients for the spring. So if that's something you're interested in, go to the show notes, go to the website. We have an application form for you to fill out to see if we're a good fit. And if you need any other support in your health and wellness, don't hesitate to reach out. We have plenty of options to meet you right where you're at. And if you would share the podcast, if you're listening, take a screenshot, share it on your social media, tag us, send it to somebody, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening. That just helps more people find the podcast, which in this world is very important because there's a lot of podcasters out there. All right, that's it, you guys. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. Did you know that as a listener of the Arden Yoga and Wellness Podcast, you get 15% off of any of our programs and courses? Yes, any of them. Look down at today's show notes. You'll see the discount code for listeners. You can apply that at checkout and get 15% off. All right, you guys, that's a wrap for another episode of the Arden Yoga and Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your support means the world to me. If you would be so kind as to rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on today, it would be really, really appreciate it. It helps other people find out about the podcast. It helps us continue to grow. If you would also take a screenshot of today's podcast on your phone, share it on your social media, tag us, we'll share it. That's another way that you can help support the podcast and help more people find out about all of the conversations that we're having around health and wellness. So until next time, I will see you on the next episode of the Arden Yoga and Wellness Podcast. Bye guys.